Good morning and a very warm welcome to our phone service and podcast for today, Sunday the 30th of July. And our service recording comes live from Drung last week where we were looking at Luke's Gospel, Chapter 8, and trusting God in the storms. So I'll hand you over to that service now. Well, good morning, a very warm welcome to Drung on this uh, rather wet day for our service of Holy Communion. We are going to be uh, hearing today about Jesus calming a storm, um, and we might feel like we've got one here at the moment with all this wet weather, but we're going to be seeing that he is in control, and we're going to sing about that in this opening hymn that reminds us of his power throughout the universe displayed. Let's remain standing to sing How Great Thou Art. Thank you. 
Please do be seated. And if you'd like to take a prayer book and turn to page 201 or the service card on page one, we're going to begin with this collect for purity as we prepare to share in Holy Communion later in the service. Together we pray, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. As we prepare to share the bread and the wine later in the service, uh, we examine ourselves by hearing these commandments which God has given to his people and take them to heart. God says, I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods but me. You shall not make for yourself any idol. You shall not dishonor the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Lord's day and keep it holy. Lord, have mercy upon us and write these your laws in our hearts. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not commit murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not be a false witness. You shall not covet anything which belongs to your neighbor. Lord, have mercy upon us and write these your laws in our hearts. And the collect the special prayer for this Sunday. Lord of all power and might, the author and giver of all good things, graft in our hearts the love of your name, increase in us true religion, nourish us with all goodness, and of your great mercy keep us in the same. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We're going to read Psalm 107 together, and if you've got a prayer book, it's on page 720 in the prayer book. Have you got one? I haven't. <laughs> Have you got one? Great. Page 720 in the prayer book. Um, Psalm 107, and we're going to read verses 23 to 30. So page 720. And children, I'd like you to listen out for what did the Lord do to the storm in this psalm. Psalm 107, verse 23 to 31. I will read up to the red square, and if you could read uh, the next line. Those who go down to the sea in ships have seen the works of the Lord. For at his word the stormy wind arose. They were carried up to the heavens and down again to the deep. They reeled and staggered like a drunkard. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. He made the storm be still. Then were they glad because they were at rest. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Well, what did God do to the storm? Anyone spot? Yep. 
He calmed it. He calmed the storm. And we're going to be thinking more about that uh, in just a moment. But before then, we're going to sing our all-age song, which tells us, and you probably have seen bad things happening on the TV, uh, but this song reminds us, that the psalm reminds us, God is in charge. He's still on his mighty throne. The Lord is king. He's going to look after everything. Dorothy's going to help us uh, sing this. But if you're able, please stand and join in with this song, The Lord is King. do be seated as we turn to that king in prayer, the one who can look after this world. And we're going to begin with the Lord's Prayer. Together we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We continue in prayer. As we begin this Holy Sunday, our Father, may you indeed give us a Sunday blessing. On this day, which reminds us of our Saviour's rising from the grave, may we rise anew to a holier, truer, and heavenlier life. 
May we walk in the sunshine of your own love. As we wait upon you, may you renew our strength so that we may be able to run without being weary and to walk without being faint on the weekdays that lie before us. We ask that you'll bless us in our private and public worship this Lord's Day. May your blessing rest upon all worshipping assemblies of your people. May this be a day of spiritual renewal in all the churches. We pray that you'll bless us in our worship today. Help us to leave behind every worldly thought and care as we wait before you. May we receive instruction from your word and inspiration from your spirit so that we may be strong for battle and for duty. Help us today in ministering to others. May we be enabled in our own homes to give each other the blessing of love and peace. Help us to carry comfort to someone who's sorrowing, cheer to someone who's discouraged, and sympathy to someone who's in distress. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Sovereign Lord, we do pray for our world, for your world. This is your world and you see all the pain and the conflict. We pray for peace in Ukraine. We pray for those struggling with the wildfires and the heat at the moment. And we pray that in your mercy you'd help and bless the efforts of the rescue services to put out the fires and to rescue those caught in them. And pray that in these difficult times many would know you as their God, the Lord who is King, who's going to look after everything. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for the intense summer camp happening this week. Thank you so much for all the children and the teenagers who've signed up. We pray for a great week, for safety, and that you'd be at work through your word, showing these young people how wonderful you are, showing them how precious they are to you, made in your image, loved by you. And pray that you do more than we can ask or imagine. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We continue to pray for those who are unwell or in need of our prayers at the moment. And we remember Leon Briardy and Olive Simmons. We pray for Lucy and thank you so much uh, again that her treatment has ended and we pray that in your mercy you'd keep her clear of the cancer. We pray for Maria Turnin, for Marianne Gray, for Christine Riley, for Maud Campbell, and for any others who are known to us at the moment in particular need of prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, you led your disciples into the storm because you loved them. And today, as you still lead us into storms, may we not doubt your love. Thank you for how you calmed the storm with a word and challenged the bewildered disciples to trust you. Please calm the storm for each person we've thought about or named, and may they trust you even in the midst of the storm. Lord, in your mercy. We also remember those grieving and continue to remember the family and friends of Harry Jordan and of Robert Roundtree and also Jean MacDonald and in a moment of quiet any others who we know are grieving at this time. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us and to rise again. His cross declares your love to be without limit. His resurrection declares that death, our last enemy, is overthrown. 
by his victory, we are assured of the promise that you never leave nor forsake your people. Please comfort those who are grieving at this time. Please enable them to find in you their refuge and strength. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Well, if you'd like to look up there for our second Bible reading, and you can see this on the service sheet or in the Bibles, uh, Luke chapter 8. In the Church Bibles, it's on page 865, Luke chapter 8 and verses 22 to 25. One day, Jesus got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, Let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they set out. And as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in danger. And they went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased, and there was a calm. He said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid. And they marveled, saying to one another, Who then is this that he commands even winds and water? And they obey him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, if you're able, please do stand as we affirm our faith together in the words of the Nicene Creed that you can see on the service card on page two in the prayer book page 205. Let's declare our faith together. Together we say, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, Very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and descended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of the Father And he shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceedeth from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe in one Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please do be seated. And let's pray for God's help as we look at his word together. Lord Jesus Christ, you alone know what each storm and trial each one of us is facing. And we pray today that we would find strength in you and see your power and fear you above all else. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, on the 6th of February this year, an earthquake measuring 7.8 on the Richter scale rocked Turkey and Syria. Do you remember? It's, it's, it's hard to believe that was this year, isn't it? It seems a long time ago. But the death toll has reached 60,000. 
This time last year, there were floods uh, in Pakistan, which caused a state of emergency. At the moment, it's hard to believe, isn't it, when we look out the window here, but across Europe, wildfires are raging. There are health warnings in place in parts of Asia and Europe and North America. Maybe you know yourself the, the, the frightening times of being at the mercy of the elements, a storm, the wind, the rain, the waves. I worked in Turkey in 2002 and I was working for a company called Sunsail. We were working with sailing boats and windsurfing and a storm came along one afternoon that just flattened all the boats. And all we could do was go out in our power boats, in the rescue boats, and pick the people up and just leave the boats until the wind calmed down, get the people to safety. It was frightening. If you're a Christian, should you be afraid if you're caught up in something like that? What about the other storms in life that we face? The Bible often uses the imagery of storms to describe the trials of this life. So, for example, Psalm 69, the, the psalmist David writes, Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. Uh, do you ever feel like that? Like the troubles are so much that they're going to overwhelm you? Or verse 15, David says, Let not the flood sweep over me, or the deep swallow me up, or the pit close its mouth over me. And maybe you know that feeling, I'm sure you do from time to time, of, of just feeling overwhelmed, not sure, can you carry on? Maybe it's the challenges of, of health, or of finance, of work, of farming in this weather, of conflict, of pain, flooded with fear. Is it wrong to be afraid? In Luke chapter 8, the disciples encounter a real storm, not, not just one of feelings, but a, a real storm, and understandably, they are terrified. But Jesus tells them that they shouldn't have been. Why is that? Well, let's have a look. Notice, first of all, in verse 22, that it's Jesus who leads them into the storm. Jesus says, let's go across to the other side of the lake. Now, did he know that the storm was coming? Well, given that Jesus knows what's in the heart of a man, he knew what people were thinking, surely he knew this storm was coming. But why would he deliberately lead the disciples into a storm and then deliberately go to sleep? And how could Jesus sleep when he knew such a ferocious storm was coming? Well, I think the second question is easier, isn't it? Uh, he could sleep because he was a man and he was exhausted. He'd been very busy at preaching, healing people, getting up early in the morning to pray. He was fully man. We see this as he lies down and goes to sleep. He is exhausted. But secondly, he could sleep because he knew his loving Heavenly Father was in complete control and nothing could happen to him that his Father did not permit. He knew he would not die until it was time for him to die. He was a bit like his great-great-great-great-grandfather, King David, who a thousand years earlier in Psalm 5 wrote, In peace I will both lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Jesus could sleep in the face of the storm. What a great example Jesus is to both his disciples and to us. So often, don't you find you feel you need to stay alert, awake for every danger, worry about everything to do with health, finance, children, work, 
We feel we need to keep an eye on everything just to be safe. And if we're honest, it can be exhausting, can't it? Perhaps we need to learn, like Jesus, to rest in our Father's care. Well, as Jesus is asleep, a furious storm descends on the lake. Where did it come from? We're told in verse 23, it came down. A windstorm came down on the lake. This is Lake Galilee, uh, and it's a big lake. It's, uh, it's 21 kilometers long, which is uh, the distance from Coot Hill to Cavern, or just, just short of that. Now, that road is probably flooded in places uh, today, and sometimes it does feel like you're driving through a lake. But imagine that, with that, that's the sort of size we're talking about, of a lake, and 11 kilometers wide. And more than that, this lake is 700 feet below sea level, surrounded by mountains, and so what happened often was the warm air would rise up the mountains and the cool air would then suddenly descend. So these sudden storms were, were common. This one seems especially bad. That, that's the natural reason for it. But behind everything is our loving Heavenly Father. The storm is ferocious, so bad that experienced fishermen think they are going to drown. The waves are crashing into the boat. There is a real danger that they might capsize or sink. They're in real danger. So what do they do? They wake the carpenter. Don't you see that as a bit of a strange thing to do? To wake the It's not that they want him to build a new boat. Why wake the carpenter come teacher? Well, they have been on the boat with Jesus before. Do you remember back in Luke chapter 5 uh, when Jesus had been teaching from Peter's boat? And they end up going out. He tells them to go out and catch some fish. And they say, well, we've been fishing all night. Um, but at your word, we, we will. We'll, we'll try it. We'll, we'll humor you. And what happens? They catch an enormous catch of fish. So they've seen something about Jesus before. They've also seen Jesus forgive sins and drive out demons and heal the sick and raise the dead. So they know there's something different about him. That's why they wake him. They cry out to him, we are perishing. Well, they may have been wrong to panic, but they are right to go to Jesus with their distress. And so should we, as we often sing in uh, that hymn, that great hymn, what a friend we have in Jesus. We sing those lines, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. We should always cry out to Jesus in any difficulty. When we're burdened by sin and guilt, cry out to him to save us by his cross and resurrection. When we're struggling financially, cry out to him to meet our daily bread. When we're struggling with conflict, cry out to him for peace. When we're in pain, cry out to him for patience, relief, endurance. When we're in sorrow, cry out to him for comfort, that we would know him with us in our sadness, in our pain. When we're dying, cry out to him as the dying thief did next to Jesus. Lord, remember me. Remember me. Well, how does Jesus answer? Does he grab the tiller and heroically steer them uh, to safety? No, he simply speaks and creation obeys his voice. Now, if you don't think that's amazing, try it the next time you're at the beach. Just make sure no one's listening as you speak to the waves and tell them to stop. It won't work. I've tried it. (laughs) Try it with the rain. When you're fed up with the rain, try speaking to it. See if it, it does not work, does it? What does it tell you about Jesus if he can just speak 
to a storm and calm it by his word. Who can do that sort of thing? Well, our psalm told us, didn't it? Psalm 107, it told us it's something only God can do. No one else. God is the one who rules over the waters. And so you can imagine the utter bewilderment of these first disciples as they saw it happen. The one sitting in the boat with them, who moments earlier was asleep, has the power of God. How can this be? Fully man, fully God? Well, before they get to ask their question about who this is, Jesus asks them a question. He says to them, verse 25, where is your faith? Where is your faith? That's the question that Jesus asked them. Now, now you could say, surely the disciples had shown their faith, hadn't they, by going to Jesus for help? That is true. And yet Jesus sees their hearts, and he knows their hearts, and he knows the panic and the fear uh, that that this showed that their faith was in danger of being overwhelmed. Just as the boat was in danger of being sunk, their faith was in danger. Maybe they were in danger of being like the rocky soil that Jesus had just taught about. That they respond with joy at first, but when the trial comes, they fall away because they haven't gone down deep with Jesus. It's so easy to do, isn't it? To panic in the crisis, to be overwhelmed by the wind and the waves of life's troubles, to think that somehow God does not know or he's forgotten or he doesn't care about the trouble that you're facing. When we're frightened, we may forget what we actually know to be true, what we affirm every week in our creed. We may forget it. The storm may look bigger than Almighty God, the maker of heaven and earth. Is it wrong to be afraid? Well, it depends on who or what we're fearing, doesn't it? And the disciples' reaction to what happens shows that they've learnt something in this storm. You see, how would you expect them to respond to this storm after it's calmed? Surely you'd expect them, once the danger was over, surely you'd expect them to be, well, almost laughing. You know that sort of nervous laughter you have after you're out of the danger, you've survived the skid or the accident, whatever it might have been, and you're okay. So you, you can breathe. Relief. Happy to be alive. Safe. That's what we'd expect. But what does Luke tell us about their reaction? He tells us they were afraid. After the storm was calmed, they were afraid and they marveled. What are they afraid of now? Well, they now have a right fear of Jesus. That the one sitting in the boat with them could calm a ferocious storm by just speaking. If he can do that, they don't need to fear the storm. But there is a right sense of fear and awe at Jesus. Right at the beginning of his Gospel, Luke recorded Mary's song. It's traditionally sung at evening prayer the Magnificat. And in that song she praises God that he is merciful to those who fear him. His mercy is on those who fear him. It's a right reaction. And throughout his gospel, Luke tells us this is a right reaction to Jesus' miracles. So for example, we saw it back in chapter 7 and verse 16 when Jesus raised the, the widow's son. Do you remember? That amazing miracle of this woman in terrible distress. And Jesus raised her son from the dead. And we're told, verse 16, fear seized them all. 
and they glorified God. If you know the one who raises the dead, you don't need to fear death anymore. When you fear Jesus, there's nothing else to fear. Jesus lovingly led the disciples into that storm so that they might learn this. And what a difference it made to their lives as they went out later to, to lay down their lives speaking about the Lord Jesus. They'd learned that when you fear Jesus, there's nothing else to fear. What about us today? As you think about the storm you're facing, or you dread facing, can we take these verses to be a promise that Jesus will calm every storm we face? Well, we're in a very different position to the first disciples, aren't we? Jesus is not physically present with us. And as we've seen with the other miracles, they are a foretaste of how good it will be when King Jesus is present with his people once again in the new creation. His miracles of healing give us a foretaste of how wonderful it will be to have resurrection bodies, bodies that don't get sick or tired. His driving out of the demons is a foretaste of how good it will be to be in his new creation where there's no evil, no opposition to God. His miracles of raising the dead are a foretaste of how good it will be when there's no more death or sadness, no more funerals. What about the calming of the storm? Well, that is surely a foretaste of his new creation that will not be broken by storms, floods, earthquakes, wildfires. Here is the ultimate answer to our environmental concerns. Jesus can and will save us from a disordered creation. When he returns, as we've just said, to uh, judge both the quick and the dead, he will restore, renew his creation. Until that day, we will face storms. But if we fear him, we have nothing else to fear. And ultimately we'll see that these storms work out for our good. Bishop J.C. Ryle said this about this very passage. He said, By affliction, Jesus teaches us many precious lessons, which without it we should never learn. By affliction, he shows us our emptiness and weakness, draws us to the throne of grace, purifies our affections, weans us from the world, and makes us long for heaven. In the resurrection morning, we shall all say, It is good for me that I was afflicted. We shall thank God for every storm. Oh, they can be so painful when you're in the middle of them. But we can trust Jesus is at work for our good. Surely we can know that even more than the first disciples knew it. You see, that they had seen, sometimes we're envious of them, aren't we? And we think, well, if I saw Jesus calming the storm, if I saw him raising the dead, if I saw him healing the sick, I'd believe. But we've seen something more. We've seen him dying for us and rising again. We've seen Jesus taking the ultimate storm of the punishment you and I deserve for the way we've treated God and other people. Taking that punishment for us so that we never have to face it. And if he's willing to do that for us, then surely we can trust him in our storms, whatever we're facing, that he is working for our good.
So is it wrong to be afraid? Well, it depends who or what we're fearing. If you fear King Jesus rightly, there is no need to fear anything or anyone else. Let's pray as we close. Lord Jesus, we've seen in this passage something, a glimmer, a glimpse of your glory and your majesty and your power. Please forgive us for the times we, we forget that and we get worried and anxious about all sorts of things. Please help us when, they're in, when we're in, in the midst of the storms to know that you're in control and working for our good. Please give us your peace that passes understanding and may we fear you rightly so that we have nothing else to fear. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, in a moment we're going to say goodbye to those online as we come to share the bread and the wine. But first of all, we're going to confess to God that we have sinned, that we have uh, failed to, to trust him, and that we haven't always gone his way using the words of the confession on page four of the service card. Please allow me to read the words of introduction and then we'll join in the words of the confession. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to intercede for us in heaven and to bring us to eternal life. Let us then confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace. Together we pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned in thought and word and deed, and in what we've left undone. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may walk in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. Because the Lord Jesus Christ faced the ultimate storm for us, I can pray with confidence, Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy on us, pardon and deliver us from all our sins, confirm and strengthen us in all goodness, and keep us in eternal life, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, the service concluded there because uh, we went on to have Holy Communion, but uh, let me just give you the announcements for this week, and that's to say that this uh, Wednesday we've got our prayer meeting at 8.30, and then on Thursday we've got In Touch from 3.30 till 5pm, and next Sunday we're back to our normal service times. Well, I'm going to hand uh, back to the final hymn, Nothing in My Hand I Bring, uh, speaks of that rock of ages, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who can get us through the storms. Wind
simply to the course I bring Naked come to thee for dress Helpless look to thee for grace Far light to the point and fly Wash me silver or I die close our service with the words of the grace the grace of our lord jesus christ and the love of god and the fellowship of the holy spirit be with us all evermore amen